Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Our text today will be taken from the reading we heard in the Gospel of John. We will also be spending the majority of our time in Psalm 23. You may be seated. We pray. Almighty God, it is your good will to call us your strength. To gather us into your fold and to feed us and nourish us, protect us and provide for us. We pray this day, O Lord, that as we hear your word, you would continue to use it to sustain us and guide us into life everlasting. And I pray this day, Lord, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts would be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I just mentioned in the children's message, today is Good Shepherd Sunday. For me, this is one of the highlights of the entire Easter season. Uh, Every Easter season, we have these moments where we focus in on Jesus' words from John 10, where he says, I am the good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice, and they know me, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Those are incredible verses. Those are really comforting uh, verses. For many of us, I know those are probably our confirmation verses. But every time I hear those words, when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, my mind immediately goes back to Psalm 23, the 23rd Psalm. Now, many of us here are familiar with the 23rd Psalm, uh, very familiar with it. Some of us here, I'm sure, have it memorized. If you don't know if you're familiar with the 23rd Psalm, I bet you're more aware of it than you realize. But if you don't know it, it's worth your time to go home and start memorizing it. Start setting it to memory. Because this is a psalm that gives us the utmost comfort in the troubles and the trials that we face in our lives. We say in that psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, or I shall not be in want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou, mine enemies, thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Pastor, you kind of have to know that psalm. If you don't know that psalm, after being a pastor for over 16, almost 17 years, you start to realize you've said it probably Every week, at every uh, hospital bedside, at every wedding, at every funeral, that psalm comes up all the time because it's such a valuable and comforting psalm. In fact, I I was thinking this past week, I was talking to a member of our congregation uh, who grew up in Germany during World War II, and he was telling me about the days when they were bombing out uh, the town in which he lived in, and he and his mother were in the basement hiding in that basement, and what did they do? But they quoted the Lord's Prayer, and they memorized this psalm together. Because it's in those moments where we need the Word of God to cling to us, and there is no greater and more comforting psalm than the 23rd Psalm, to know the Lord is our shepherd, and that we are the sheep of His pasture and the people of His What I want to do today is I want to work through that psalm. I want to work through the 23rd Psalm to help us figure out what this all means. What does it mean to have the Lord as our good shepherd? And what does it mean for us to be his sheep? So let's just dive right in. Right away in the psalm, we say, the Lord is my shepherd. Now to understand this, you need to go back and look at the Old Testament. Because there in the Old Testament, what we learn is that shepherd 
is like the, the most popular metaphor or analogy or way of describing the king. The king was viewed as a shepherd of his people. And as uh, Rusty got so correct today in the children's message, what do shepherds do? They protect their sheep and they provide food and shelter and protection, as I just said, for their sheep. That's what a king is supposed to do for his people, to provide for them, to protect them, to be there to support them and help them thrive, to give them life so that they have it, you might say, uh, abundantly. We get this imagery of shepherd from the greatest king in the history of Israel, David. David, of course, before he was a king, was a shepherd of sheep. And he was renowned, or at least he was popular, for being able to protect those sheep. He was able to fight off bears and lions with his slingshot. David was a protector and a provider for his sheep, and then, of course, a protector and a provider for the people of Israel. Good shepherd. So when we say that Jesus is our good shepherd, what we are saying is that Jesus is our king. He is our Lord. But not just over you and I. He is the Lord of heaven and earth. He is the God of all creation. And in this creation, he has sought you out and he has found you and called you to be one of his people. He has made you a member of his kingdom. He has called you to be his sheep. That means his word has the ultimate say over you. That means that he is the ultimate and final authority over all things. And not just in your life. He is the ultimate and final authority over all things in all creation. Be it this uh, this nation, our state, our city, our home, whatever it is, Jesus is the ultimate and final authority. Which means, of course, that the authorities of this world are not ultimate. They are penultimate. They are derivative. Their authority is derived from Christ. This applies to every nation and power that exists in the world, including in our own country. This means that the president of our country is not the ultimate and the final authority. His word is not the ultimate word. And I know we've got a lot of people here who have a lot of different views on the president. Some of you are fans of President Trump. Some of you are fans of President Biden. And the temptation for us in all of this is we have to recognize is that when we have such a high view of those people and those men, too high of a view of those people and those men in that office, we're tempted to give them and their respective parties total allegiance. When they become our Lord, everything they say goes. We start to think we can speak like them and act like them and do things the way they expect us to do. We support all of their supporters almost blindly, and we oppose all of their enemies, which makes it very difficult for us when we come to church on Sunday morning and we find that some of their party's enemies are sitting right next to us in the pew to worship the same Lord and the same God that we have. Their voice is not definitive for us. They have an important role. They have an important responsibility. They have an important calling from God, a, a responsibility that is to be held, held high uh, in our lives, but never higher than Jesus. Their voice is not the ultimate voice. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life. Jesus alone is your Lord. His is the voice you are to trust and to follow. It is to him that we are to, you might say, pledge our allegiance, to give our praise, to show our trust in our obedience. Now, the powers of this world, they are important. Again, they have responsibilities, callings, vocations from God. 
And those in those positions are to carry out those uh, uh, positions. Those positions are to carry out their responsibilities according to God's will. And if they don't, they will face his judgment. And they certainly cannot hide behind party titles of Republican or Democrat. All are accountable to God. So for us, then, recognizing this, we must begin to realize how much we need to be paying more and closer attention to the words of Jesus, to listen to the voice of our good shepherd. But in order to do that, we want to know, what does our good shepherd have to say? If we are to follow him, where is he leading us? Where is he guiding us? What does this good shepherd do for us? Well, the psalm goes on. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want or I shall not be in want. You do want him. That's to, to clarify. Uh, he makes me to do what? Lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name. Here's what you need to understand about your good shepherd. He is a giver. He gives you gifts. He leads you to restoration for your soul. He leads you in paths of righteousness. He is a God who gives. And as we mentioned a moment ago, this God, this Lord that you have, is the Lord and God because he is the creator of all things. Your good shepherd is Lord over creation. And in this creation, as his sheep, he's the one who gives to you and provides for you everything you need for life and for salvation. He gives you these created gifts. He's the Lord, the good shepherd, who gives you your eyes and your nose and your ears, your mouth and your tongue, your reason, all of your members. He gives you your family. He gives you your, 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 uh, your church. He gives you your job. He gives you uh, your food, your daily bread. He provides you with all the good gifts you have in this life. And to be sure, he is a good shepherd who constantly and regularly provides. And he doesn't stop. He is relentless in this. After all, we're sheep. We're sheep who need this shepherd. And we are sheep who are prone to wander. Though God gives us all these good things, we tend to follow our appetites. We tend to follow our stomachs. And we want to chase after that thing that's going to make us feel better in the immediate moment. This is why it's so hard for us sometimes. In this world, when we hear other lords and other voices come in, appealing to our sinful appetites, promising us quick fixes, they're going to solve all of our problems. We're prone to wander after. When that happens, does the Lord just let us go and ignore us forever? No. He's the shepherd who leaves the 99 to seek out the one and bring that one home. And he does it for you daily and richly. He never stops. You are too sinful to come to him, so he comes to you full of mercy and grace. And as Jesus says today, he will allow nothing to snatch you out of his hand. Which is good news. As I've been alluding to here, we live in a world with a lot of things that would try to do that. We live in a world that is constantly trying to snatch us out of the Father's hand, out of the Good Shepherd's hand. This is why we call this place in which we live the valley of the shadow of death. Yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The reality is, is that we are prone to listen to lords and other voices because they do offer us these quick fixes and short-term solutions to our problems. They promise to make life easy, to give us more power, to make us into our own shepherds so that we can be our own lords. 
That this is what the world offers to us, and this is what our sinful flesh desires. The, the flesh and, and the world are kind of like this pack of wolves that are coming in to devour us, to draw us away from Christ. And they, of course, are led by Satan, who prowls like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Who comes to steal, who comes to kill, who comes to destroy. He leads this pack of wolves against you, trying to offer you everything against God's will. This is exactly what he did to Jesus in the wilderness, if you remember the temptation of the Lord. There, remember what the devil offered Jesus? He offered him bread, he offered him power, he offered him glory and authority over all things. All he had to do was disobey the will of God. The devil offered Jesus all this glory without the cross. Now, of course, Christ didn't succumb. He overcame the devil. But that doesn't stop the devil from trying to do the same thing to you. He tries to lead you away from the eternal and abundant life of Christ's love to the death of darkness of your own lust and power and glory. He is on the prowl looking to devour. He is relentless. But you don't have to fear him. You don't have to fear the devil, the world, or even your own sinful flesh. For the Lord Jesus, your good shepherd, is with you. Listen again to the song. I will fear no evil in the valley of the shadow of death, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. By the way, I memorized this thing in the King James Version. I don't know if you guys did that too, but I got the, the fifths at the end of all the words there. But Jesus has conquered all of these things. We have nothing to fear. You don't need to fear the devil, the world, or your own flesh. For Christ has conquered them. He is your Lord, which means he has redeemed you, bought you back with his blood from the power of sin, death, and the devil. You lived under the reign of sin apart from Christ. But in shedding his blood on your behalf, Christ has purchased you and brought you into the kingdom of his Father. Jesus, you see, has brought you from sin into grace. And to be sure, the power of the devil was reigning over you with his lies and his temptations and his accusations. But Christ has conquered Satan, crushing his head on the cross. And in doing this, he has brought you from the power of Satan to God your Father. And though we are bound for death because of our sin, Jesus came and died and paid for all of our sins on the cross, walking out of the grave on Easter morning to read death its own death sentence. Christ has brought you from death to life. And now in this life, he leads you and guides you with his rod and his staff, with his word, with his law and his gospel, with his law exposing your sins, driving you to repentance, exposing the sin and the evil in the world around you from which you need to be protected, but then also giving you his gospel which again daily and richly and constantly forgives you for all of your sins, which guides you through this valley of the shadow of death into the eternal life that he has prepared for you. And how do you know it's for you? Because he anointed you, he baptized you, not with oil, but with the water in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And there in that baptism, he declared you to be his sheep. He made you a part of his fold. He crucified you with himself and raised you to a new life to give you the forgiveness of your sins. And now as you have been anointed by this good shepherd to be one of his sheep, 
He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Your enemies being the devil, the world, and even your own sinful flesh. All of these things that try to take the place of Christ. But today, Christ instead has taken this place, and he has taken this altar, and he has taken this bread and this wine, where he will put his body and his blood for you for the forgiveness of your sins. And there you will eat and drink and feast in the presence of this world of darkness and death, enjoying the meal in the light. And there Christ will be for you, forgiving you and sustaining you into life everlasting. And he will not stop for this cup overflows. The wine is always being poured. Jesus is always there, forgiving you and sustaining you. This is the good shepherd who leads you. This is the goodness and the mercy that will follow you all the days of your life so that you know for certain you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the work of your good shepherd. So now, dear Jesus, on this day where he has gathered you once again to eat and drink in his presence, hear now the words of your good shepherd as he leads you to his the good shepherd who comes to you and says, I forgive you for all of your sins. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Have no fear, little flock. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So take and eat. This is my body given for you. Take and drink. This is my blood shed for you. And know that I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. And nothing is able to snatch you out of my hand. That is the promise of the Good Shepherd for you. Amen. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are our Good Shepherd. That nothing can snatch us out of your hand. You and the Father are one and nothing will snatch us out of the Father. Lord, we pray that you would help us as we are prone to wander in our sin. Keep our hearts and our minds fixed on you, even as your heart and your mind is fixed upon us with mercy and grace. And guide us always to your home, everlasting life.